find your calling in this pretty little world. Welcome to another episode of The Real Paul Show, where artists share their heart about their passion for what they do. Take a moment to look over the episode's description to familiarize yourself with available links as they will be mentioned throughout the podcast. And now, here's your host, Paul Bice. There are times in life when words escape us, even though we are filled with a million different emotions. Then we hear a song or a quote said by someone else, and those emotions are instantly released and understood. For Sharon Glassman, this has been a lifelong journey of singing the words behind the emotions. From her innate talent and ability of singing greetings, to her fiery personality, to her deep-rooted passion behind bluegrass. Her words not only captivate, make you smile, but also heal. May you find a new dream at the end of every day. Love how all the seasons come and with time pass away. May you see that smile as you're looking at the moon. May your bold dreams bloom. Hey, I'm Sharon Glassman, and I am the designer and songwriter of Smile Songs, Musical Cards, and Gifts. Awesome. Awesome. And whenever I received your application, I guess you could call it, I was like, I don't know about this. But then I followed the links and saw what your cards are. And go ahead and tell us about the card and how it works. Sure. I'll even, I'll give you a, a visuals for those of you who have the video. So those, for those of you just on audio, um, I design a greeting card and I'll describe this one. This has happy bee with little words in its wings that say, just be you surrounded by stars on kind of a deep blue night sky background. And underneath it, it says, just be. And since I love a good pun and a bad one, it says, just be, e -E, just be. And below that, there is a little QR code surrounded by two sets of eighth notes. And when you scan it, you hear a song that I've written to amplify the good feels of the art and the message. And that's kind of my mission is to use that thing that we love about music is how it makes us feel great in a shareable form. That is so cool. And the music that you use is what? The music, I uh, custom craft all the songs. So the music that I use are singer songwriter songs using uh, acoustic guitar, mando guitar, acoustic bass, fiddle, box me, and uh, also a kid's xylophone, a kid's glockenspiel that I keep around for those moments when you need to have that ding of happiness. <laughs> awesome. This episode is brought to you by The Shop. Need a fresh new haircut? Check out The Shop located in Lehigh Acres, Florida. That's The Shop, D-A-S-H-O-P. Check them out on Google. We now return you to the interview. So I, I actually sent you an audio track of this. This song is called May Your Bold Dreams Bloom. Okay. Um, and for those of us just listening, 
the artwork on this card features uh, a plant that's growing quite tall. Its stem is quite tall. And along the stem are the words, may your bold dreams bloom and the little blossoming flowers at the top. And there's a little ladybug friend and there's the little QR kind of in the trail of the ladybug. And I was really trying to think about a message that people would want to hear about whatever they're doing, like with your new music project, people, whatever they're trying to do. And it seemed like a good phrase. And it started me thinking about, and we're going back now to those um, posters from the 60s that say war is not good for children and other living things. After I designed it, I was like, I felt like that was in here. I felt like maybe a little hint of Dylan Forever Young influence was in here. I felt like I'm not a musical person, but like Fiddler on the Roof, Sabbath Prayer might be in this mix somewhere. And it was really exciting to write this list of wishes for people. And so the lyrics say, may you find your calling in this pretty little world. Paint your colors bright in diamond dust and pearls. May your goodly graces light up every room. May your bold dreams bloom. And then I get to play a fiddle break, which was kind of a dream come true, figuring that out. And there are, there are more verses. But what's really special to me about this card and this song is I really operated to what we were just speaking about from the heart chakra. I think being warm-hearted and kind can be a little risky in today's world. I feel like the culture rewards cool and edgy and snarky. And at the same time, I feel like there are many people who are hungry for the opposite of that. Because when you're feeling vulnerable, you can put on a facade of being cool and edgy, and it doesn't matter. But in your deep heart, when it does matter and you want to feel not alone, having a message like this really seems to help. I've, I've found that people really gravitate toward it of all ages and all stages. And we've seen some happy tears. And it's validating because it was a very vulnerable place for me to create this. Awesome. Right? So it was just an example of the journey and almost being mirrored, like my journey being mirrored by the experience that people have with the card. It's like, if you take that risk, if I take that risk and I'm willing to put it out there, then it really seems to work for people who are at a point where they're like, I need someone to see me and right. to appreciate me. So it's yep. just a little story behind the song. That's awesome. And the vulnerability part is something that I think is what creates some of the best music whenever we are vulnerable. I was going to say vulnerability and mistakes are like the key elements of a beautiful song. Because the mistakes, I tell you what, some of the stuff I've created out of mistakes blew my mind. Just, tell me more. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of mistakes, so I'm excited to hear about this. One of my favorite ones that I love to tell about is I was recording an Easter play at my church. I was recording and I was distracted because I had two cameras I was handling and I went to the one to make sure it was right. And then I came back over to this one and hit record. Problem was it was already recording. Ooh. So I just stopped it in the middle of the play, in the middle of a really, really important part. Uh -huh. It was the part when this woman was talking about her desperation and she put her arms out like a cross and was symbolization of Christ dying on the cross. So I was like, no, no. And I felt it in my gut when it happened. And I couldn't help but be thinking about it the whole time, the rest of the play. And I get to the editing uh, room and I'm editing it. And I'm like, what can I do with this? What can I do? Well, the audio was recorded separately. So I had the audio. I'm like, okay, well, I guess it'll just go black for a few seconds. That's going to suck. Okay. Then I'm like, wait a minute, what can I do? And so I started like, okay, I know what I can do. I can stretch this piece to here, 
and this piece to here. And then it like froze right there. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't good. But then I was like, wait a minute, if it were to freeze and then I could take pictures like step by step of her putting her arms up, that would match the music. And it would be like a dramatic effect. I did that. And then the lady who was the actress in, in that saw it and she was like, oh, I just got goosebumps. That was such a cool effect. And I said, that was a mistake. I made a long story out of what you asked me to tell you, but there it is. No, so I think it's great. And I, Boy, what's one of my, oh, there are so many. But what I want to say about yours before we, we go to mine is that I love how by staying in the moment, by staying calm, because you could have just thrown up your hands and gone like, we don't have the video. I'm missing yeah. that piece. And there would be no video. Or you stay in the moment and say, well, what do I have? And you start right. composing with it, right? You start composing, like you, you compose with the mistake. You wrote, you know, you wrote a, a, a song of the mistake and it's beautiful, which is really cool. We take these tough moments in life and we have an option. We have an option to choose whether or not we're going to be happy. And I'm not talking about fake. I'm not talking about faking it until you make it. I'm talking about making it. Mm -hmm. Take the situation you're in. Be happy. Because no matter what you do, life is going to move forward. It always does. It always will. And there is an end. So what are you going to do between now and the end? Are you going to be a sourpuss face all the time? It, it makes no sense because all that does is then get you into more trouble because when you're always upset, you just get sick. Then you have more stuff to be upset about and then you die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I totally hear. I want. So back to your idea of mistakes just for a second and music and how this works. I have, I have two two things for you. But one, I think pulls together these themes pretty well about mistakes and, and performance and all that kind of stuff. So I was at a yoga retreat many years ago, sitting in a circle, and the instructor said, okay, here's what we're gonna do today. I'm gonna teach you this really complicated chant in Sanskrit, which none of you speak Sanskrit, right? And we were like, no, no, nobody does that. Okay, I'm gonna teach you this really complicated chant in Sanskrit, and then we're gonna go around the circle, and everybody's gonna have to sing it by themselves. And then when we're done, we'll talk about how that went. So I don't know what your first thought is, imagine yourself in that circle, but mine was like, okay, all right, trying to memorize, trying to memorize, I don't speak this language, I, what was the melody? I don't know. You know, at this point I wasn't singing a lot. So I was like, can I even, I don't know, can I sing? So <laughs> we went around the circle, everyone did the chant. And then the instructor said, okay, let's have a moment now. How many of you, when I announced what we were gonna do, started freaking out, worrying about how you were gonna do until your turn came in the circle? Everybody raised their hand, right? And then they said, and how many of you were absolutely worried about how everyone was going to judge you? Raise their hand. And how many of you, the minute you were done singing, didn't hear another thing that happened because you were so relieved that your turn had happened? Everybody. Point being, we all look at our own possibilities for mistakes and imagine, I think many of us, I'm guilty of this, that the whole world is there ready to jump and judge and is, has the keenest ears in the world that, and, and are paying attention, <laughs> right? That they're actually paying attention when in fact, if we just act as it or go on to the next indicated thing, as a friend of mine, Victoria Moran used to say, the way you did with the video, you know, we're fine. Like, I don't remember how I did singing that chant. I don't remember what the chant is. I don't remember who else was in the room. I don't remember anything except kind of the lesson, which was, you know what? That burden that we put on ourselves that everyone is, judge has a scorecard and some people do but oh well their lives are pretty miserable uh doesn't really exist which gives us so much freedom to try things make a mistake own it and no one really has to know if it's a mistake like i'm sure you know in live performance when you're playing and that thing happens you forget the lyrics like the note is wrong your string breaks 
strap falls off the all that stuff happens. If you just keep going and smiling, really nobody know nobody cares. And the only people that notice might be other musicians who go, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no negative. And that is the truth. I mean, it really does boil down to your decision. What are you gonna do about it? It's not always easy because life can be very negative. It can be very hard. But what I'm finding for myself is that one of the ways that I started lifting my own mood was as a produce clerk, I see lots of people all day. And I would say probably on average, about 70% of them don't even say hi when I say hi to them. And it feels heavy to me. I don't know how to explain that to people. But if you're listening on the show and you go in the grocery store and, and one of the workers say hi, just say hi back. It, it, you know, you never know what kind of day that person's having and it compounds the emotions of that person whenever you pretty much act like they're not even there. But I said all that to say this, that the way I lift my mood, even in those situations where they don't say hi or whatever, and I've actually done this more so with people who don't say hi, I find something to compliment them about. Uh-huh. Male, female does not matter to me. I find something to compliment that will be respectful. And whenever I do, it never fails. Whether they've said hi to me or not, their response is always a smile. And I think what you're bringing up on so many levels is the topic of invisibility and the suffering that comes with invisibility compounded in like a busy, buzzy culture where we're all looking at our phones all the time or just endlessly distracted or we're distracted or have been distracted, like kind of created a, a brain that can't focus. So we almost don't see what's in front of us, which includes right. the other people in our lives. I love your solution to that. And I think that that's part of my mission as well is to reach out to people or give people a way to reach out to other people and say, I see you. Yeah, I see, I see the best part of you. Um, here's a way to celebrate that. And also you can have that on demand. So when you're feeling low, when someone doesn't say something nice to you, you've done a great workaround, which is to compliment them and to kind of break them out of that little you know, cocoon of uh, the bubble, right? The thought bubble or the emotional bubble or the uh, non-focusing bubble and people being present. Being present is a very, again, we're back to vulnerability, right? Because being present is a very vulnerable state. So if the person's walking and they're open to everything, um, maybe they're nervous about who knows what. And then here you are with a lovely compliment or a nice word, and maybe it doesn't even penetrate. And then it adds to your sadness because you're not, you're offering a gift. Mm-hmm. And uh, my therapist calls it the emotional bank account. So you put something into their emotional bank account. And then she says, basically, people can either put something, reciprocate, put something in your emotional bank account when, when everyone feels great, or they don't put anything in and you feel empty, or they take something out, which, you know, is, is someone who would respond cruelly. I don't know if you said good morning and they said something like, I'm leaving. I shall never shop here again. It's not going to yeah. happen. But it's just the, those, those micro um interactions that we have every day that build a community that build happiness that build emotional health i agree for everyone right. and when those things don't happen for whatever reason uh then we have injuries right and then right. hurt and yeah i love how and i think that's what's so great about podcasts too is reaching across the divide to people right and yeah. saying hey like thank you for listening uh love to hear from you uh so glad we've connected we yeah. hope that this has lifted your spirit or your mood wherever you are if you're driving or walking or cooking i'm a big podcast cook in combination person uh, but i think that again it's the power of audio right the, the, the magic and, and the gift of audio 
And now, a brief message from Ophelia on how you can contribute to the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here, please consider supporting the podcast with a monthly contribution. To contribute, just click the link in the description of this episode or visit The Real Paw Show on Anchor FM. I'd like to say a thank you for my contributors, and I would like to welcome you guys to contribute as well. You can click the link in the description of this podcast and donate $1, 5 or $10 a month. You can also do a one-time donation by going to trps.us, and I have on there available for you to donate on Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo. Thanks in advance for your contribution. So how did you first get into music itself? The first way I got into music was my father bringing home LPs. And I was a little kid and he put stuff on the stereo. And I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. It ranged, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, remember, the, can you think of that first moment, the first time you heard music, like recording, you know, it's like yeah. the best toy ever. Like, what is this? And it was everything from Tchaikovsky and Mendelssohn violin concertos. And those recordings still make me bananas with happiness to the fifth dimension, to Roberta Flack, to the Kingston Trio. And that was the beginning. And then I was fortunate enough in elementary school to have a music program in my school and got a violin and started playing around with that and thought of it as this amazing thing, but separate kind of from what the things I should be doing, school, reading, writing, and things that, you know, you're supposed <laughs> to grow up and do and pursued it happily. Like I would play guitar under a tree and my overalls, oops, I'm still wearing overalls it's a little bit later now and followed that pathway through. But that was really the first way that I, I uh, discovered music was at home. Awesome. And tell me, the initial part of it was just a fascination with it, or was there something that it did to you that was like, you know, that drew you to it? How how was that? Do you I know? mean, I think I think it touched my soul, right? It was the, this unbelievable form of beauty and happiness. It was very accessible. Like here, I was this little kid listening to, and I don't remember if it was High Fitz playing the the violin concerto or who it was, but here's this master of the art form and this little kid meeting up in time yeah. and space, right? It was like, so it was, it was life-changing. It was mind-blowing, right? I didn't have those words when I was that little, but I was like, this is, the hair goes up on your arms, you're like eyes widen, and you yeah. feel connect, that kind of connection and joy, right? Pure vessel of joy. Yeah, for sure. I can totally relate to your way of how you learned or how you saw it for the first time. My dad is always into classical music, and the other genre that he likes is what my mom used to call sludge music, which was basically like what I do, the nature music with the slower tones and the backgrounds of thunderstorms and put you to sleep kind of stuff. And for me, like you, it was just amazing. What I usually ask, what is it that music does for you now? I think of myself as an applied musician, right? Like I have a mission and a purpose with the song that I'm writing. So mm -hmm. what it lets me do is hear something in the real world that's a need that I perceive to be a need, a message that people would feel great if they could hear or a, a beautiful truth about people that perhaps they know deep in their soul, but they're not hearing from the world around them. 
And it's almost like a homework assignment in a really good way. I'm a big nerd. So like homework is a good thing for me. (laughs) And it's like, how do I now turn that into a song that can deliver this good message and feeling to people and also be able to produce it, write it and sing it and learn an instrument for it. So it's like, it's like nerd paradise. I guess that would be what it is with, with, uh, with a purpose for the community. And that is exactly what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, uh, I had envisioned in my head, she's going to say that music is a tool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's That's sort so of, cool. Yeah. We're right. We're like on the same frequency. I mean, if you think about cooking, you know, you're going to make a cake for somebody, there's ingredients that go into it. And then there's the, the pan or however you make it and the oven and all these things that go together. But I'm able to use all these tools for good. I mean, I don't know that anyone uses music for bad, but I, I'm able to use them for this purpose that makes me really happy. And then to see people jump up and down with happiness makes me even more happy. That actually gives me goosebumps because I was at the end of 2021, I had started to work on this album and it's it's on a standstill right now. For any listeners who know about it, I am not done with it. It's going to come out. I don't know if it'll be this year or next year or whenever, but it's going to come out. It's called Her. And what it is, is a meditational album. And this all relates to the tools idea. So I have been studying this because I have a strong church background. I don't just go lightly into something that may have been dubbed, you know, incorrect or whatever. So I studied it. And meditation is by far not what I've been taught it is through the years. And I started learning about these frequencies. And these frequencies affect certain parts of your body. And there's a science behind it. Oh, yeah. So... I'm like super excited and I'm learning about this stuff. The reason why that light bulb lit up was with you talking about you doing these cards as a tool. And it's not, you know, to say it that way, it actually kind of makes it sound cold a little bit, I guess. But there is more to it than just being a tool. It's it's a beautiful, organic tool that is full of emotion, full of purpose and applied through the way you're doing it is flipping awesome. I mean, to have somebody who knows the person and they contact you and say, hey, this is what it is that I want. And boom, you create it, send it, done. I mean, well, well, just to clarify, so that would be custom songwriting. And it is something that I can do for weddings and stuff. But the card line exists that people basically go and they listen to the song that's on the card. Um, It's not it's not customized. All the That is custom songwriting is definitely something I can do, but those are gigantic kind of one-off projects. So I did one for a couple getting married and just to dovetail, because I I think you'll relate to this, how you hear something in conversation that might inspire a song or in your case um, in the, in the wind or in the water that you you think, ah, this is it. But I was talking to a friend and she said, Oh, I didn't tell you I'm getting married. I said, that's really awesome. Um, You sound so happy. I can hear it in your voice. And she said, you know, Everyone's telling me that. And I tell them when they see me, this is what happiness looks like. And I was like, hello, hello, <laughs> the title of your wedding song. <laughs> um, and that was super. And now I've got chills. And it's super cool to be able to do that and to give that phrase back to this couple with a song that says, you know, this is our cabin on the hill. This is where we met. We'll meet there still. Um, 
and, and it goes on. I mean, it was a while ago. I can't read, but that's super cool. But with the other uh, songs, it's that they're touching on common emotions or celebrations or moments. So right. uh, one song says, you're beautiful with a Y-O-U. Oh. A song about it. Right. So it, it's a feeling that is both deeply personal and yet universal. And finding that, yeah. hat, that sweet spot where you can make a card and mass yeah. produce it. Sure. Yeah. It still doesn't negate the fact that, you know, there is that emotion there. There is the beauty of how you are. You are doing exactly what I'm going towards, but not with cards for me, but it's the same concept. There's a purpose in the music and you're applying that. And I applaud that because I think that music has lost a lot of that in today's mainstream music there's a lot of superficial stuff out there and i think that it would be really cool to see a movement of artists who are actually studying like what are the effects of what i'm playing and how can i utilize and improve on that area that effect that i want to put out there and i think what will happen is we'll see a lot more higher quality music that not only sounds good but will literally physically heal physically mentally spiritually heal and you're doing that i mean you should be super proud of what you're doing <laughs> thank you that makes me feel so good it it feels right to me and i'm very happy and and proud to be doing it but it's also nice to hear from the outside world because i'm sure you might be, relate to this when you're in your studio or a one person business um sending things out to the world but you don't always hear back you hope and i see people in live markets maker markets jumping up and down but to have someone i don't know outside my circle we know where you learned it what you're doing with it now and where do you see it taking you or where would you want it to take you it, interestingly it dovetails a little bit back to what you were speaking about when you imagined the person calling me up and saying oh i need this and me saying here's a song i am really excited to find ways to collaborate and whether that's with institutions that have a need for something that uplifts their community whoever that is whether that's collaborating with another artist which is something i'm starting to do right now but i love that idea of kind of growing the circle and being of help in different ways and actually being able to solve problems so people saying there's a need for this i'm like maybe i can help let's see what we can do awesome uh is there anything at this point <laughs> that you feel that maybe we had not focused on that maybe you wanted to focus on something Maybe like a lot of your listeners, I'm an introvert who's also a performer. And that used to feel like two opposites to me. And now I feel like they're things that really work together. And one thing that makes me extra happy is actually creating songs and products that celebrate introverts, because I feel that we are quiet yet powerful. And it's kind of fun to have one of our tribe come up and sort of wave a hand and say, me too, me too. Uh, it's, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So tell me, what was your biggest hurdle and how did you overcome it? My biggest hurdle was not believing I could. So again, perhaps as partially as an introvert, but I think also as someone who uh, suffers from a little bit of self-doubt, especially when doing something new, I always had that feeling of part of me was saying, this is absolutely what needs to be done. And then part of me saying, well, nobody else is doing it. And then part of the other part of me, the third part of me saying, but I don't do the things that other people do. And yet I connect with people. So I think it was that that really big hurdle of saying, 
who am I? Who am I to be doing this? And then getting over it was saying, who am I not to be doing this? I mean, I, this must be done. And when I saw people responding to first my songs live and coming up to me afterwards and saying, thank you so much. You really made me feel all these things heard, loved, appreciated. I have to give this to a friend of mine. And then again, the person who really changed my life was the person who came up after a show and said, if only we could take you home and put you on the wall so we could hear your songs, but also see the happiness that you create when we see you live. And I took that as a, going back to the idea of a nerd who loves homework. I took that as a homework assignment and that let me get over the hurdle of doing what I passionately had always wanted to do ever since I was a little kid, illustrating and writing stories at home and singing little songs and thinking this is my happy place and this is a beautiful thing. And having somebody ask, I think, gave me the permission I've been seeking to go and do what I really love. That is so cool. That is so cool. If you'd like to record a question or comment to possibly be aired on a future podcast, just click the message link in the description of this episode or visit The Real Paul Show podcast on Anchor FM. Just another brief method for you to leave a voice comment to be aired on the show? Just simply call 561 342 1761. That number again is 571 342 1761. Go ahead and do your blurb about the business. Yeah, and if your listeners would like to see and hear more about what I'm doing, you can go to smilesongs.com and it's spelled, I think, the way it sounds. It's S M I L E S. Ongs.com. I'm on Instagram at smile underscore songs. And by the time this airs, I might be on the TikTok at smile songs. I think it's going to be smile songs cards, but I will make sure to post that on my Instagram as well. That's probably the best place to find out what I'm doing on social. Awesome. Works. At this point, is there anything that you want to say to basically your fans kind of thing? What would you say to them? Well, first of all, thank you. I think there's a leap of faith that people take when they try something new. And I think that goes for anything we do in life that's new, whether it's trying a new flavor of ice cream or a new pair of shoes. And in my case, I was presenting something that was a little bit like peanut butter and chocolate, plus like tamarind sauce. Like what? How does that go together? So I really appreciate people being willingness to take that moment of going from, I don't know what this is, to trying it. Because I think that really shows faith and bravery. And I think you all are super awesome. Sweet. <laughs> and as far as musicians, what would you say to them to maybe encourage them if they're having a rough time? Wow. First of all, I feel you. It's an interesting question because music is one of those things I think we turn to as consumers mm -hmm. in tough times. Right. You know, I'm feeling down. I want to hear the song that I'm obsessed with right now. And I think perhaps as individuals who also are working in that medium and finding, you know, so much of the road is hard. So much of the industry is changing. So many of the things that we relied on have stopped for any number of reasons. And I think maybe knowing how much joy you bring and how great your gift and how uh, much your hard work is appreciated, even when the world doesn't say it, to perhaps know that that's happening and maybe reach out to me, I'll, I'll tell you how great you are, uh, is to say, you know, we couldn't, the world would be a much sadder place without you. And the world is such a much beautiful, more beautiful place with you. So keep on keeping on. And if you need support, you know, call Paul. <laughs> call Paul. 
<laughs> or reach out, I'll reach sure. out on social and just say like, I need to hear that I'm awesome. And I think people will actually jump out of the woodwork to sit, tell you the truth, which is you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesomeness. I love that. Hey y'all, that completes this episode of The Real Paul Show. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed interviewing Sharon. She was an awesome guest, and I hope to have her back again someday. Thank you guys, and I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Real Paul Show. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And remember, do what you love with no regrets.